morning, good evening, good afternoon. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast. I sound a little under the weather. It's because I kind of am. I'm a little stuffed up. I got a sore throat. Not feeling the greatest in my life. I'm drinking a ton of water. Uh, but we're going to power through. You know why? Because it is week zero in college football. I am joined by my buddy, my pal, my fellow college football confidant, Grant Yuri. Hey, how are you? I'm good. We both love college football. It's uh, how much do you, are you a college football guy through and through? Is that the only form of football do you watch or you watch both or what? I mostly watch college football. That would be my choice out of anything, but your meal of choice. I also like high school football in my local area and I like the NFL, although I kind of keep my NFL um, viewing right during the playoffs. Okay. It's hard to watch NFL games right after I watch a college games right. because college football is so much better. I think college football is just a lot more fun for a yeah, lot of people. I think. Yeah. I'm not saying the um, players are better. No. Well, I, yeah, I, <laughs> well, one usually becomes the other and not usually it's more like 1% usually becomes the other. So, yeah. um, yeah, I think I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm more of a, the other thing that's weird is like the NFL. I kind of relate it now to the last day of the weekend, which doesn't help either for college football. It's Saturday. I can stay up late on Saturday, watch all these games. I can Mm -hmm. watch Hawaii at 11 PM when they're starting, you know, it's great. Um, so yeah, that's part of it, but I'm also in the, I'm much more of a college football fan. It's changing drastically. Yeah. The landscape has changed drastically over the last two and a half years. It feels like maybe even less. We'll go two and a half years. Yeah. It, well, there's a lot of shakeups with the conferences. That's a big change. And then there's the player. NIL stuff. NIL. Right. Transfer portal. That was a big one. That was before yeah. NIL even happened. Yeah. Transfer portal became a big thing. And then NIL started becoming a big thing. And uh, cultural polls kind of just transformed before our very eyes, which is, I don't know, good or bad. The thing is, the thing I look, the way I look at it is like some of the conferences we had 30, 40 years ago. It's the same thing. They never exist. Like they didn't exist and they yeah. rapidly became different very quickly. And then we've got, you know, we, we got the, the college football that we knew for the last, you know, 20 or 30 years. And I think that's just another form of what we're going through right now. I don't think it's going to be the end of college football necessarily or anything like that, no. but I think it's going to drastically change the way um, I think that we view it. It's going to become more, even though it kind of already is more like minor league professional football. Well, I actually, like that, I, especially mm. when it comes to payer or players being paid right. with their own likeness fees and stuff. Um, I'm just scared that it'll be two conferences, con- conferences, mm-hmm. and uh, everything is conglomerated into one entire league. Right, and then half these teams that aren't in this league are going to be like a Division Two team. Yeah, like aren't you scared of that? Where it's so. They almost just play each other, almost right. like an AFC, NFC situation that they never touch each other. Right. I think the ultimate goal would also, I think the ultimate goal would probably be like British soccer, the way they do it, where they have top flight, your premier league, which would be your blue bloods, you know, the guys that don't ever, you know, guaranteed nine plus wins a year type people. And that's how they do it in the, in the premier league in soccer, where you have 10, you have 20 teams. And then the bottom three yeah. of that league get relegated into a lower division of the foot of, of soccer of the British league. Do you think that's going to happen? I think that's a, a way for them to kind of do it. 
Now, it becomes a lot more difficult when you talk about conferences because the SEC would be playing a much more uh, loaded schedule than something like the Mountain West if you were to combine them that way. And if you're viewing them through the same lens, it becomes a lot more convoluted. Yeah, strength of schedule is going right. to be different big time because all these teams in the same conferences might not even play each other. Right. Or the conference championship is practically a playoff or uh, pretty much somewhat, right now, or yeah. a bowl game. Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe bowl games are over with. Cease to exist. I, I hope know, so. I know you would like that. I, don't, I hope so. I don't like that. But you did mention something a couple of weeks ago about how you would do bowl games. And you would you said early in the beginning season, of the season, kind of like a Daytona 500 situation. Yeah. You started at the beginning of the year. Your bowl games. The Rose Bowl would we, be. Yeah, well, see, that's the problem because the Rose Bowl, it's kind of synonymous with the end of the year. And you already have your, and since we're we're quickly changing to the 12, like next year, the 12 team playoff is becoming a thing. So you could still have your six major bowl games, quote unquote, be those playoff games. So the Rose Bowl is still happening at the end of the year, the Peach Bowl or whatever is still happening at the end of the year, those big ones, but they're playoff games in that sense. Okay. So the other minor ones are beginning of the year things. And we already have like those kickoff games that happen every yeah. season. There's those week one you know, Pac-12 versus a Big Ten team or whatever, Pac-12 versus yeah. an SEC school or whatever. We have those at the beginning of the, of the year, and they already call them something specific. I don't remember the so name. So might as well call them the Pizza Hut Bowl. So it might as well just be bowl games. Yeah. like, And it just goes based off of, um, you know, your schedule from last year or your your um, your record from last year. Or preseason rankings. What a what a delightful <laughs> transition there by uh, but that would That would Grant. make, that would, oh man, that would make a whole... Uh, a lot of problems. No, I don't think so. Why? Because you would put more money involved. Like, okay, number 15 is going to play number 14 in the Pizza Hut Bowl. Right. Okay. So, yeah, in that sense, then it would change the way I think we look at preseason rankings. Yeah. Or how they're even disclosed i guess well it, um like they th- you have bowl game you have bowl season you have your bowl games at the very beginning or that's your week zero per se yeah and then you rank everybody afterwards oh i would love that but that wouldn't happen that, now, you would I, say it would change my perception of the preseason rankings and no it wouldn't it would just solidify it right well no no you're right it, at that point it would just be week one rankings after yeah. that yeah um before we get into our preseason rankings and your absolute hatred for them yeah I want to talk about something really quick because it's fresh on the mind for me. I just finished um, the Swamp Kings documentary. That's what it's called. It's Untold, uh, called Untold colon Swamp Kings. And it's about the Florida Gators team from 2005 um, to 2009, which was great era coached by Urban Meyer, mm-hmm. Tim Tebow, the God loving quarterback uh, mm-hmm. paired with a future murderer in Aaron Hernandez at tight end Percy Harvin who was a great player, um, but he loved a little bit of the ganj that was well toted yeah. as well. He's, I think he came out and said like after he'd retired that he, I don't think he, he said he didn't play a game where he wasn't high or something <laughs> like that. Um, but yeah. And then oh, the man. Pouncy twins as well, which were part of the um, free Aaron Hernandez yes. uh, colony or group or whatever you want to call it. Um, and the thing about that documentary that I was really ex- hoping to get into was those teams that ended up being mired in controversy, but that they don't talk about that really at all. Like they briefly touch on it, but it was more like a recap of basically 2005 to 2009 on the field stuff. They'll touch on, they touched on some off the field stuff with a couple of the players. It was really nothing that specific. Mm. And then urban Meyer, because they, I don't know, they asked urban Meyer to be on the show as well or on the documentary as well, which 
Urban Meyer, to me, has lost a lot of credibility when it comes to him telling a lot of these stories because a lot of the stuff that's come out after about his time in Florida and Ohio State and then in Jacksonville when he was coaching the Jaguars as well. I don't believe a lot of the stuff that Urban Meyer says when he's talking about these things in the past because of the stuff that has come out afterwards uh, um, regarding defending um, domestic abuse uh, people that he basically, he, there was a, an offensive assistant, I can't remember his name, I think it was like Zach Davies or something like that, um, that coached with him at Florida and then he brought him along to Ohio State, and there was a big concern about domestic abuse with him and his family. That became a huge problem, and he, you know, he did have health-related issues in 2010 that pushed him away from the Florida program. But that wasn't the only reason he he wasn't necessarily given the boot. But it was more like, hey, let's maybe think about moving on, you know. But okay. in the in the show, they make it seem like he was like, it was time for me to go, but he doesn't explain like there's no explanation as to no. why. Well, you know I guess that's I mean? good and bad. Cause if I want to watch a Netflix documentary about a football team, I, the last thing I want to hear is their off the field stuff. No, that that's the <laughs> thing about That's the story about that team though. I know everything about that team looking back on it. Now, now that we have clarity about a lot of that era yeah, was that team was mired in controversy and it was led by one of the most goody two shoe quarterbacks yeah. you could ever imagine. Yeah. You said God loving. I say God blessed. Yeah. <laughs> True. That's one of his famous lines. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought I was pretty disappointed in the way that they did. It felt like it was made by the university of Florida. Oh, you know, that's like not that, good. That's then. that. Well, that's what I mean. That's what okay. it felt like. Um, I hear you. So in that, in that sense, there's just a much better story. I think to be told about that entire program throughout that time. Yeah. And just those four years. Uh, but I love, um, the, oh, there's yeah. a lot of great stories with college football teams in Florida. Holy geez. Yeah. Well, Miami, Florida oh, yeah. state has plenty of history. Uh -huh. Florida as well, obviously. Did, yeah. Did they talk about, um, I love Tim Tebow, not as an NFL player. I didn't, I mean, he wasn't great. He wasn't in the great, NFL. but it was the idea that he could win. You're like, wow, he could win. He right. could. And then he did. And then it was just kind of a Cinderella story. But in Florida, it was different. In Florida, he was one of the greatest yeah. athletes I've ever seen in college. Right. And he was, like, and a lot of people forget this, Cam Newton was on that team, too. Yeah. Like, he was a true freshman or whatever mm -hmm. on that team when Tebow was first there. Um, but, yeah, I just think there's a better story to be told than them just basically recapping the four years they were there. And yeah. it being, it felt like being produced by the University of Florida. And I was like, this isn't the interesting stuff that I wanted to see out of this and, documentary. And wasn't Tebow there for like six years? He was there from oh five to oh nine, I think. I think it was only four years. Okay. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Unless he was there. No, he was oh five because they talk about his, his recruiting process a little bit as well. And that was that was the other thing. Um and this was a minor thing as well. But they they like Urban Meyer was talking about the story um about how he had heard about Tim Tebow. And he said he was like getting off the plane and some like baggage guy was taking baggage off the plane. And they were like, Hey, you got to look into this Tim Tebow guy. And it's like, that's not how you heard about Tim Tebow. He was one of the most highly touted <laughs> yeah. quarterbacks in the country in that recruiting class. Yep. Like if that's how you heard about Tim Tebow, you're not doing a very good job at recruiting players, which is also not true because you had one of the great recruiting classes of all time. So yeah. In that part of it, I'm like, well, anytime I, urban Meyer was talking about something, I was like, I don't know how much I believe you right now. I used to love Tim Tebow because I loved um, players that hyped other players up big right. time. And you could see and, it on TV. Oh, God. He was one of the best at that. Yeah. Yeah. 
legendary for that. That's why I like Ray Lewis too in the NFL. Of course. Did the same thing in the NFL. Right. Tim Tebow, one of the great post-game speeches of all time where he talks about no one's going to work harder than me. Yeah, that was great. And then I think the following year he did. Then he, got, and then he walks like, God bless. Yeah. It, it was wasn't, awesome. they didn't have a great year that year though. No, they won, they won the championship that, the year after though. The year after. In the yeah. SEC, yeah, yeah. SEC title game. Um, but yeah, I, I just think untold, they have such a good position to be able to make these documentaries. And the other one that came out recently was the one about um, the NBA referee, Tim Donahue, um, yes. who would fix games and stuff like that. But oh, man. that one's like bad. That. Because it's, bad? it's not very good because they bring in Tim Donahue, who uh, is a liar, notorious liar. Yeah. Um, and he makes it out about, you know, I'm not the only one doing this stuff. Yeah. This happens all the time. Yeah, I game. believe you. And that. I'm like, brother, say a name, though. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, <laughs> of course, he's going to come on and say this because he wants all the limelight on him. It's yeah. Tim Donahue. That's oh, why he did gosh. this. I bought his book. Oh, yeah. God, that must have been a well, I'm a, a um, read. I'm a Kings fan and this all came out when uh, right. Kings lost to the Lakers and uh, well after that. Right. And we were all like, we knew it. Yeah. That game was rigged. Finally. Uh, th- that's how uh, one, every single fan base has ever yeah. uh, dreamed of that one moment where they were right about the, yeah, the refs that, fixing we, the game. We were right. I mean, it's obvious. Watch it again. It's, I don't know what year it is. The 2001 NBA uh, Western conference finals mm-hmm. against LA. I think it was game five. Game, if they would have won game five, they would have gone to game six in Sacramento and closed it out. Right. But they lost in game five, and it was just a ridiculous fourth quarter of calling. Right. Bad calls. Yeah. Tim Donahue was there. And he was like, I'm going to do an untold Netflix documentary about it <laughs> and make all this up because that's who, that's who I am. I'm Tim Donahue. And that's the problem is because, uh, like, I think untold, they want to get into – you know, the people who were there, their stories of it and stuff, but that sometimes lead to just leads to, um, washing of the story. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily as credible because you're bringing the people in who were there. They could just tell their side of it, which is, mm-hmm. I think another situation where we're getting with urban Meyer talking about a lot of the stuff that happened there. And I'm like, there's other stories there regarding, regarding what urban Meyer was doing at Florida. You know, a lot of the, I think they, I read somewhere that they had, um, 30 plus arrests or something like that from 2005 to 2009 on that team barely touched on at all. And I'm like, that's a story. Like, yeah, that's that's almost every college though. Well, I know, but I went to Oregon. It's also the fact that like (laughs) they won, uh, they won a national title in the process and they were consistent. They lost, they lost like two games in through the span of like three seasons or something like that. So it's like a good mix of both, I think. Yeah. And then it all fell apart. Well, I love college football so much. I love sports in general and sports stories. And I really just want to hear the glory that they had scoring a touchdown and the fake. So you just love sneak thrown over to, I think it was Hernandez. The jump throw. The jump throw. Yeah. He loves doing that jump throw will forever haunt me because I'm an Oklahoma fan and that's how they, they scored their last touchdown against us in 2008 when they won the championship game. I'll hate that jump throw. Do you like statue of Liberty plays then? (laughs) <laughs> good one dude that was hey sick dude um sick, dude. all right so yeah that was it's untold i think it's fine um i just think there's a better story to be told that it was untold in the documentary so give it a watch you know it's pretty good i guess Shout it, out. It, it's it's all right uh all right let's move on so you you kind of hinted at it earlier we're going to yeah. talk preseason rankings and mr grant yuri here despises preseason rankings yeah i do you hate him with a passion yep so, Grant, where do 
where does that hatred come from? Well, first of all, what kind of person do you have to be to give somebody a ranking when you've never seen them play? And yeah, I get the team before. Now, the only what kind of person do you have to be? What kind of person do you have to be? It's ridiculous. Um, now, the only number I'll ever agree with every year is number one. And yeah. it's the previous champion. If you're going to rank anybody, rank the previous champion, and you got to rank them number one, they won. And plus, Georgia was probably one of the greatest college football yeah. teams they've ever seen last year. They're back-to-back national champions. It's yeah. like, you know. Now, and then number two is Michigan. I'm not going to go down the lines, but I, when it, after number one, I, I start to just, I just see politics as well as everything, but a little bit of money, politics, TV, Stuff like that. I see Michigan number two. I don't know. Well, and the thing about Michigan. This makes I me think so angry. Michigan. History. With is their, well, I mean, they have the blue bloods as well. Like they're yeah. one of the blue bloods is what I should say. Um, they've got one of the best coaches in the country. I think at this point, he finally got over the hump of beating Ohio state last year. That was a big moment. Or yeah. was that, was that last year or the year before? Well, they beat him last was, year. Yeah. They beat him last year. Twice. No, 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 no. They Sorry. beat him the year before for the first time, yeah. I think, since Jim Harbaugh had gotten there. Because, um, yeah, because that was with Aiden Hutchinson on the team, and yeah. he went, he got drafted. Um, but, yeah, but then he did, he made it back-to-back. They dominated Ohio State last year, yeah. and they brought back a decent amount of their production as well. They brought back uh, okay. Blake Corum, who's a, a really good running back. He was a Heisman hopeful last year. Um, Heisman finalist last year, actually, is what I should say. J.J. McCarthy, who was their starting quarterback last year as well, which is two... I mean, two of the most important positions that you can really, I mean, running back, it kind of changes once you get into, or once you get into the NFL, obviously, but, um, in college, I think you have to have a pretty stable situation at, uh, at running back in order to be a very good college football team. And they bring back JJ McCarthy. Their defense is always going to be good because it's coached by Jim Harbaugh. It feels like they can just reload on defense every single year. Yeah. Um, similar to Georgia in that sense, but you know, Georgia just feels like they're good on both sides of the ball, but well, yeah, I want to talk about Michigan for a second. Okay. And I mean, I don't think they deserve to not be in the top 10. I don't know if I, I first of all, I want to rank any of them until I saw them play. Right. And, but if I had to sure, maybe top 10, they did make it to the playoffs and they won the big 10 and they had such a touted defense. And when they lost to TCU, they gave up what, what was that? 51 points. I don't have the stats with me. Yeah, it was, it was 52. Pretty close to that. I think it was 52. Uh, so I'm like, now, did Michigan have that great of a defense or was the Big Ten's offense unbelievably overrated? 51-45 was the final score in that game. There you go. Yeah. I don't and know. I, I remember watching that. I don't remember it being that close, but maybe it was. I think it was more. I, I remember Michigan couldn't well, stop them. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. And. Michigan has been known for their defense, obviously, yeah. because of Jim Harbaugh and I, a lot of the stuff that he recruits and then puts on the field as well. And then for TCU, a team that was really seen as a Cinderella underdog type of story coming into that game or even into the playoffs in general, um, to put up 51 points against that team was, I think, eye opening for a lot of people. And yeah, well, yeah. I, I think from top to bottom, I don't think the Big Ten have much variety in the teams on their in, in their conference. Right. So I don't think they saw very many complicated offenses, Michigan. No, I mean. And so when they find one. Right. They give up 51 points. And so. I think Ohio State is. They have a great offense. Pretty yearly through and through the best offense. But from they top see to there. bottom. 
Now, Big Ten, that's going to be different next year. Yeah, way different. If USC is, yeah, USC, Lincoln Riley is going to go to the Big Ten, Oregon as well. But USC has always been with Lincoln Riley as their head coach. He's been an offensive guru basically since he became an offensive coordinator in college football. But as of right now, Michigan, the best offense that they see year in, year out is definitely Ohio Ohio State. State. Um, No, it's Iowa. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) definitely Iowa. Um, But yeah, and I think the reason you see them ranked at number two is because they were able to bring back back Blake Corum. Um, He was a Heisman Trophy candidate, like I said, throughout the majority of the season. He got hurt. Another big reason I think a lot of people not necessarily put to the side that um, game against TCU, but I think a a reason that some people might look at it as maybe a flash in the pan for TCU is Blake Corum didn't play in that game because he was hurt. He got hurt in the Illinois game. and I, and if I remember correctly, he didn't play in the, um, in the, uh, in the playoff semifinal game. So I don't know. I, I think Michigan being at number two is probably fair. I'm surprised. I don't see, um, Alabama higher than four. I thought they would be number two at the very least or three because yeah, if you're going to go mean, on, if, if we're thinking about Ohio state, they just lost, they lost Bryce young. Yeah, that's great quarterback. A huge yeah. loss for them. They have a. Series. They still have a really good receiving core, probably the best receiving core in the country. But they don't have an answer at quarterback right now. Like no. I, Ryan Day just came out and said the other day that I did not mean for that to sound the same. Ryan Day just came out the other day okay. and said okay. um, that they still haven't landed on a starting quarterback yet for the season, and the season starts in two weeks. So to see them placed at number three, that feels more like blue bloods being blue bloods. Yeah, you well, know? <laughs> that's it. I guess um, they, if, if they you're talking about Alabama, right? For number no, four, Ohio State, Ohio yeah, State, Ohio State okay. being three. Yes, it surprised me. I'm surprised that Alabama isn't ranked a little bit higher. Now, granted, yes, Alabama is going through somewhat the same issue. They lost their quarterback. Yeah, in, yeah. Um, did I say C.J. Stroud is at Ohio State? Bryce Young in Alabama. Yeah, that's why. I okay, got sorry, I miss I mixed them up. But both of them left. Yes, regardless, both gone. they both left. Um, so, but to me, Alabama has been the perennial powerhouse throughout the last. 10 years for this entire, for all of college football. So to see them come in ranked um, a little bit lower than uh, one spot lower than Ohio state surprised me a little bit, to be honest with you. But Some of these things kind of can seem like security blankets, like Alabama will be ranked number four. So if they have two losses on their schedule at the end of the year, they're like, well, you know, they started at number four. It does play into effect and it does come into account these rankings, right? And now I wouldn't rank them number four if I've never seen them play this year. And then also they don't have a quarterback who is starting yeah. quite yet. Um, so I don't, uh, I don't agree with these. Although if it is based on history, recruiting rankings, return production. And it, okay. And the other thing I'll say is it's not necessarily, I mean, I think that's part of the factors. That's why well, it has I to have, be. it yeah. better be. Well, yeah, if it's anything else, then we have an issue. Um, but I printed off the returning production numbers in the Action Network's TARP rankings, which I think is one of the cooler yeah, that ways a, that they calculate um, cool. transfer portals and, and returning production all put together. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean the thing about returning production is it doesn't necessarily mean um, success yeah. on the field because um, a lot of these teams they won't be as successful as, you know, some of the other teams that we see in this, in this preseason poll. Like you have FAU is one of the highest um, 
teams with the highest returning production at 83%, according to ESPN, which they have the most returning production on defense, but they're not going to, I mean, they might finish ranked in the AP poll at the end of the year, but I mean, to think that they're going to challenge for a playoff spot is a little absurd. You know, I uh, saw an interesting stat when it comes to preseason um, top 25. Number four mm-hmm. has kind of been cursed. Okay. So explain. So the percentages of the team retaining the top 10 percentage, the top 10 mm-hmm. at the end of the year. Um, number one is like, it's, it's all within 5%. Number one, number two, number three. And then number four has like a high percentage of failure where it's like 13 and then number five really? goes back to six and then it slowly goes down to like seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, blah, blah, blah. Right. In terms of uh, coming back in the top 10 now uh, or leaving the top 10, I should say. So number four has like a 13 or 14% chance of not being ranked in the top 10 at the end of the year. And it's just funny that these AP top 25 preseason rankings, right. whoever's ranked number five does a lot better than the preseason rank number four. And it a feels like better. it feels like if you're almost like they get it wrong every year. <laughs> well, they, I mean, they kind of do. That's the thing about the, the preseason ratings too, is it's just kind of, I don't want to say it's a guessing. I will say this. I think that from, it's not really about being wrong anyways. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I think say from wrong about 21 to 25 on these rankings, you could probably argue a little bit lower than that as well, but from 21 to 25, to me, it's kind of just like, we'll yeah. just throw these guys in there. Yeah. I mean, look at, you said from 21 to 25. Yeah. Look who's not, not in there. 20 though. Yeah. 20 is correct. 20, Cause 20 is Oklahoma, <laughs> uh, but 21 through 25, Texas tech's not in there. Right. And Texas tech, I think is going to, at the very least battle for a big 12 championship this year. They're going to be pretty yeah. good. Imagine. Cause they play Oregon uh, in week two, right. Wyoming week one. Um, but imagine if they were preseason ranked in the top 20. Yeah. And then they went against a number 14 U- or 15 Oregon. Don't you think that would have boosted boosted them? Now if they're outside of the 25, let's say they're 26 and they beat Oregon. Right. Are they going to be ranked higher than Oregon? Yeah, that's the other thing that makes it very Are you going to are you going to apologize for the preseason ranking that you just made? I would think that if I mean I'm I'm an Oregon fan. Yeah. But if Texas Tech beats Oregon and Oregon ranked number 15 right now. Yeah. In would the you, preseason would, put, would you put them in the top 15? That's the thing. I don't think I would put them in the top 15, no, but of course not. You could drop Oregon into the bottom 20, so 24 through 20 or you know 21 through 25. Okay, well, and then Texas Tech is 20 okay, or something. So what if to, uh, Oklahoma and 20 all the way to Iowa to 25? What if all those guys win their first game? You're going to put right. Oregon above them when they lost to an unranked? No, close? see, that's the thing. It's all redundant. I mean, like, yeah, nobody no. are rudimentary. I of think course is the right not. Word. But it, um, my point is like these preseason rankings, they do, they do affect the yeah. overall right. midseason rank. But, and well, the, and that's the other thing college is football playoff rank. When you look back, if we're going into the college football playoff and we look back, yeah, and we're looking back at the at the rankings at the beginning of the year. They usually are pretty on point, right? But but I'm saying like, in say say five. Penn State or whoever, it just has a really bad year. They finish eight and five or whatever, and um, Ohio State goes into uh, Penn State. I can't remember the name of the stadium, but they go to Penn State and they beat Penn State week two of the season when Penn State is still ranked. Yeah, 
Does that still would that does that make sense for Ohio State to that still be counted as a ranked win, even though Penn State ends the season going eight and five on the season? No, the, what they say is they they go um, with the media, I guess, which is who makes these rankings. Right. They um, they would say that win doesn't look as good as it did in the previous okay. in the earlier the season. But everybody else they see that, that versus number seven yeah. Penn State, and I'm like, if that that's win, a good win wasn't as <laughs> good as this other win, then why, why do they have that ranking in the first place? Right. And now I'm not going to be one of those people that be go, that will say, end all the preseason rankings. I think it's fun, but I think it should just be, this is the exact reason they do it is because then podcasters like you and I, we go, you know, the the college football media will talk about this endlessly until week zero kicks off and then nobody cares. Yeah. I also like the preseason ranking. I also like to say the, I told you so. Right. I don't think it should be put like when we're talking about it and then when the game actually kick, kicks off, I don't think that it should be listed next to their team name. But it you is. You see what I mean? I know, but that's my point is that's the problem in my opinion. Yeah, it should not be held against them in the like the preseason ranking should not be held against them in week one. Yeah, well, they will do that. That's why I mentioned money is involved because they'll do that the first week. They'll be like, um, let's just say. I don't know who plays who and I don't have the schedule, but let's just say Oregon and Texas tech were playing week one and Texas tech was ranked high and they'd be right. like a top 10 showdown. Right. Yeah. Okay. In that's week one, of course, and right. they're like, Whoa, a top 10 showdown. Right. And then those teams have five losses in the, right. It's a lot harder to, <laughs> it's a lot harder to sell. It's not, uh, well, actually no, it's a lot easier to sell. I think the product, if you have Ohio state playing Michigan uh, that would be more of a mid the year thing, but it, it, at the opening of the year, USC goes and plays LSU. But yeah. it's a lot easier to sell that as the six versus five matchup at the very beginning of the year versus the no rank versus no rank matchup at the beginning of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I get what you're saying in that sense where, um, the rankings do have money attached to them, especially these preseason rankings. I totally get what you're saying by that. And then that makes sense. To also, me. Utah is. Um Preseason ranked number 14 while USC is number six. Right. And Utah beat them twice last year. Yeah. And Utah brought back Cam Rising, who is the quarterback. That's a huge get for them. Yep. But then again, USC brings back Caleb Williams as well. He's the Heisman winner. Yeah. And a lot of people would look at the recruiting that USC did. They were eighth in the recruiting rankings according to 24-7 Sports. So they brought in arguably better product than Utah did, who's the number 20th. But they're not playing this year. They're not playing this year? No, but the, those recruiting class. Oh, right, right. But I know. Here's the I but it. here's the here's the opposite. According to the TARP rankings by Action Network, Utah's got a 7.5 overall ranking in the TARP rankings and USC has a 4.5. Yeah. So, it's kind of a toss-up. Also, returning production has Utah and USC at both at 76% overall. Right. Now, what about defense? 69 on defense for Utah. Nice. And 78 for USC. Now that might be a big problem with but Utah. The thing is for USC, their defense is bad. Like regardless yeah. of who they bring back, it yeah. doesn't matter. Their defense yeah. is just, is not good. Um, doesn't that drive you crazy? You pack 12 teams in their defense. Well, that's the thing is Lincoln Riley. When he was the coach for Oklahoma, he yeah. brought the defensive coordinator from Oklahoma to USC. Yeah. That was part of the deal. And I was like, Wow, thank God he got that off our backs because our defense was terrible <laughs> yeah. when, when our, that defensive coordinator was there. I think I, I also have to mention that Pac-12 usually has a great offense and their defense right. is on the field for a lot more than other teams who 
right. especially the Big Ten who don't have many offenses at all. So it yeah. does get skewed a little bit, although I will mention that, you know, Pac-12 defenses are usually disappointing. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for a break to hear from one of our sponsors. That is right. A sponsor of the program. We have our first sponsor on this program in the history of the program, and it is Jack and Kathleen Wood at 307 Real Estate. Now, look, ladies and gentlemen, I get it. You got to navigate the real estate market. It is impossible. Everybody on House Hunters makes it look super easy. They just go into three different houses and they pick the house they want. Boom, bang, boom. Episode's over. They have a house. It's not that easy, ladies and gentlemen. And Jack and Kathleen Wood will be able to help you throughout that process. And even the people in House Hunters, they have a real estate agent. And these people, Jack Wood, Kathleen Wood at 307 Real Estate could be your House Hunter-esque real estate agents. So if you're looking to buy real estate, sell real estate in the Sheridan area, these are the two people you should call Jack at 307-763-1249 and Kathleen at 307-461-7203. So listeners, one of the only things I'll ask from you is to support the people that support the show. And that includes these two, Jack and Kathleen Wood at 307 Real Estate. Thank you very much for the sponsorship and make sure you contact them for all of your real estate needs at 307-763-1249 and 307-461-7203. Okay, so coming out of the break, I heard something in this documentary, Untold Documentary, that I hear all the time with football. Yeah. Um, and I don't love the comparison because I think it's a little out of proportion. And granted... You know, I wasn't, I never played a lot of football as a kid. I was merely watching from the sidelines. So mm-hmm. this is me being couch quarterback. But the saying is that they are the modern day gladiators. Um, and I hate that saying. But it's true. <laughs> I'll tell you why I hate the saying. Um, because the gladiators, the real Roman gladiators. Yeah. When they were fighting in the Coliseum, they were fighting like tigers. Yeah. And they fought each other, like fighting, fought each other to yeah. the death, yeah. like literally to the death. Oh, yeah. You'd stabbed with a spear. You die on the ground. Everybody cheers because it was a good show. If you didn't die in the Coliseum, it wasn't a good show. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. you know, well, it's, it's not that it is, serious. It's the modern day equivalent. Now, you could say boxing and, and MMA right. is, is the same, but it's not as big of a spectacle, even though I'm a huge fight fan. I have to admit, like the Super Bowl. Every year is is a gigantic spectacle. Yeah, it's the biggest thing in it U.S. is entertainment. Basically, you could. It's the equivalent of the Roman Coliseum. Yeah. yeah. So oh, they should have done a Super Bowl for the Roman Coliseum. <laughs> right, the greatest gladiator of all yeah, time versus the greatest. Gladiator. I think they did a little bit, um, except for they Probably. against their will. Well, yeah, that's the thing. They were also slaves, but you know. <laughs> um, also, I, I'm going to defend that statement because it's kind of true. You had mentioned earlier that Harbaugh is a, an aggressive quarterback. Or, sorry. He was an aggressive he quarterback. He was a pretty aggressive yeah. quarterback, but he's an aggressive coach. Yeah. Um, and he's great. He's with a get after you. He's also a great quarterback coach, by the way. Yeah. Um, I See, now I like that about him. That's my favorite thing about him. And I don't think he should ever shy away from, from it. I think football is an incredibly uh, brutal sport. Mm-hmm. It's brutal. And everybody on the field knows it. And yeah. everybody off the field wants to pretend that it's not happening. So they sugarcoat everything. They go, oh, don't say oh, this, yeah. don't say that. Like yeah. these men, they're fighting each other 
The, the not, NFL, fit, not yeah. literally, but they are running into each other really The, the, the hard. NFL hid evidence of CTE for like years. <laughs> yes, but you couldn't hide that from the players. No. They know. Yeah. Everybody knew. They know something's wrong. Even I like, had coaches who, you know, talked like they were punchy. Like they talked like they had been boxing for 25 right. years. Isn't that crazy, though? No, like, it's not crazy to me at all. But no, but think about like. So the fighting game. Yes. Boxers, UFC guys, they'll fight like three times a year. Yeah. Boxers like coming up. Boxers fight like more like 10. Right. But you like look at the NFL. They're going like every single week for essentially 18 weeks and sometimes only on like four days rest. Yeah. Like the comparison is, is absurd, but to say, but hold on football, they have 17 weeks in the regular season. Right. Right. 17 now is 18 now. So they play 18, but you get a buy. They got 17, 17 games a season. There's 18 weeks, 17 weeks of football. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's, that's hard living. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I like, I agree with you there, but I wouldn't go to the extent of saying they're the gladiator because it's just, no, they're get, literally dying in I, the Coliseum. Like they're it. having they're their not, arms I wouldn't call off. them gladiators. I'm more, I more respond negative to negative towards when football players equi- um, equate it to like a war or battle. I don't like that. Yeah. Cause now you're, now you're full of it right. and there's actual war going on. Right. It's a little and, different. And you're far from it. Right. Every uh, time you do something cool, you can celebrate. And yeah, it doesn't yeah, really happen exactly. like that. Um, now, but Coliseum, it is true. They are modern day gladiators. They are. Because I think in the, a, in the purely imagery sense, I would agree with you. Yeah. Like they're in a stadium and they're hurting themselves and everybody's cheering. Yeah. I mean, look at the stadium. It's right. designed. But if somebody, like we just saw somebody last year in the NFL. Yeah. Almost die on the field. Like yeah. literally almost die on the field. Yeah. Back in like, you know, whenever the Romans were around BC era, 200 BC or whatever, if that happens, they're like, let's go yeah. versus, you know, in the game again with Cincinnati and DeMar Hamlin, then they just, no, you know, people aren't everybody goes brutal. quiet and then they cancel the game. <laughs> they're not used to as violence as much as they, those Romans were. Everybody, yeah. everybody had violence around them the whole time. Right. But. But I just think it's a silly comparison. Modern day comparison. I right. Okay. That's fair. I I think that's totally fair. Them being the 21, the 21st century. Totally fair. I think that's fair. I think they are basically from about 10 years old, putting themselves through head trauma that is uh, going to affect them for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Well, uh, and all for the enjoyment of the people in the crowd. They're going to get the positives way more than the negatives. That's true. Well, promise you. You think so? Yeah. Maybe Depends the super rare ask. situation. Right. With that guy who had heart failure. Failure. Well, Junior Seau is a Junior bad Seau, is an example, too. That's the rare. Right. You know, some people have died, too. So, I, I guess my... What do you think it would be worth it to be like Eric Dickerson now? Who, one of the great running backs of yeah. all time, basically, basically ran through everybody when yeah. he barely... He rarely tried to avoid getting yeah. hit. But now he can like barely walk. Really? I didn't. I didn't yeah. At, at his age now. Granted, he's older, but it's like he, the dude has not aged necessarily well. Do you think I'm to him? It's almost 100 percent worth it. But to you, would it be worth it? Um, yeah. I mean, I played a lot of football right. and I'm sure I have CTE, but I only think of it as <laughs> um, well, I'm sure it's just a matter of how bad I have it. Yeah. Um, I think 
that you learn so much, especially as a kid. You mentioned right. growing up 13 years of getting, you know, your head banged against. Um, now you learn a lot in football. You learn right. how to rely on your teammates way more than any other sport. Because if you're if you're playing right tackle mm-hmm. and your guard to your left of you, you know, doesn't pick up a blitz. Yeah. And your quarterback gets creamed. Right. And yeah. breaks a shoulder or something. And someone blames it on you, they start arguing like you, you have to mold together or else. Right. And you learn so many things from doing that, especially at early age. Cause that happens except for without the broken shoulder. Right. It's just, I think, I think a better example would be more like you're the running back and you have to trust the five guys in front of you, the yeah. linemen, like enough to create a hole that you can go through and you're not going to get killed. Yeah. Even um, on defense, you have to trust your other teams to help you tackle somebody. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, you shout out a blindside block so you don't get destroyed. Yeah, that happened to me many times. Um, Where was the crack back? Yeah. yeah Where yeah, was pl- the crack back, Tyler? <laughs> Tyler. Um, another question, actually. Now, okay, with all the information that we have, you have a child. Yeah. A wee lad. Yep. Happy birthday to Odin, yeah, by the way. Yeah, birthday today. Odin, the big, the big 14. Big 14. He's 14 years old. No, he's five. Oh, dang it. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, so you have a child, Odin. Happy birthday. Um, would you let your kid play football? Today? Absolutely. Okay. I'm training. There's plenty of others that that will say no. So that's why I'm asking. Yeah, of course. Right. It's He's, a personal decision. obviously. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, there's not many things I know in this world. <laughs> so what else can I teach? Them? True. Uh, I grew up with my dad and my uncles and my grandpa teaching us how to box because they were boxers mm-hmm. and my brother went on to be a boxer. Um, I played a lot of football more than the rest of my brothers. Um, just a little bit more. My older brother is a coach. He's been coaching forever. Now there's not a lot of stuff I can know. I can teach him how to box, but I wouldn't want him to be a boxer, but I can teach him how to play a, to play football right. probably just as well. And I would allow him to be a football player. Right. I wouldn't want him to be a boxer. Just, really? Yeah. Why, just, why is that? Just because I don't know. Uh, he lives in a nice neighborhood. And I grew okay. up in a bad neighborhood and oh. it was just different. I don't know why I would teach him how I would teach him how to defend himself, but how to get into a sport. Oh, I see to, what you're saying. To like box to, right. I don't know. You just, to more like press the issue. Yeah, you don't need to, you don't need to get out of here. Right. Like we're here forever. You don't need to like break out of the ghetto and yeah. try to do something with your life. Maybe fighting is the way now. And then the fire won't be in him because he's going to be against, you can go to gym here. And uh, I promise you they're, they have a worse childhood than Odin. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And I, well, and boxing is interesting because they'll seek people like that out who are growing up in like difficult situations yeah, and yeah. they kind of harness that yes. to make them become good fighters. Yes. Now I don't think Odin needs to be harnessed anything. There's right. nothing, there's no fire in him that is going to get him like arrested or anything that he is five though. He is five, but so who knows, but the, envi- the environment that we live You're in good parents. is not <laughs> great for Raising him to be a right. boxer. Why would I right. want him to be a, a hanyak, I don't yeah. want him to do that. No. Yeah, I don't want him to do that. Football is fine. Especially young. If football starts to get really dangerous when you hit high school. When there's no yeah. weight limit. True. That's true. Yeah, on the youth leagues, they usually do better handling that sort of stuff. Yeah. Peewee leagues. Yeah. But. There I'm is just, still just head injuries it. a little bit. Yeah. But it's mostly because of. Coaching is lackluster and not really teaching yeah. how to properly tackle. Good like form I, and stuff. Um, my nephew just started playing football. I think he's, he's nine or ten. Just started playing pads. Mm-hmm. His last year was flag, and um, he 
I was like, show me a tackle. And he showed me a tackle. And I was like, no, you don't want your head like that. And he put right. his head down. He's like looking at his shoes. Right. And he was like, well, that's how we were taught. And I was like, no, no, no. Keep your head yeah. up. And he's like, no, you don't want your head up because then you can accidentally hit their head. And I was like, oh, boy. That's why you have a Stop face watching the NFL, first of all. Yeah. And let me teach you how to tackle. So you don't have gonna, head injuries. You're going to get life. hurt really bad. Yeah. And neck injuries. And neck injuries. Yeah. Especially if your head down like yes, that. Yes, straight bad. spearing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. Scary stuff. I don't know if. With all the CTE stuff and the concussions and what they've caused and stuff, it just scares me for, I don't know, if I were to have a kid, I don't know if I would yeah. let him play football. That's true. But well, I, I mean, know. I don't. It's a totally a personal I decision. I wouldn't hate anybody if they say, I don't want my son. Exactly. And to push it on other people would also be bad. Like, I won't let my kid play football, but if you do, I don't care. It's whatever. It's your kid. What am I going to do? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, it's fine. Also, I you like to watch it too, so. That's true. If your kid's playing high school football, <laughs> I'll probably be cheering him on at some point or yeah, college yeah. football or whatever. Yeah. I like that um, this town loves football. Huge high school football town. Yeah. Sheridan, Wyoming. There, it's a football town. And like, it's weird because I think a decent area around us is not necessarily football. Like Cheyenne, they, they, they're they a little football, but that's a baseball town. Gillette, Casper, those are probably football towns as well. But you go to like Billings, which is in Montana, an hour and a half north of us. Um, that's a baseball town through and through. They'll yeah. have like, They'll have like three teams and like 2,500 kids try out for those teams. And they got to cut them down to like 20 per team. Um, so it's weird. We're kind of like in this weird little cluster of football schools in Wyoming, but it's nice. They're good. I mean, sure. They're good. Been very good for years. I, I will say I've watched a lot of high school football games and been a part of some football games and mm-hmm. teams, uh, especially with my brother coaching many teams. Uh, Sheridan high school, the Sheridan Bronx are hyper disciplined. Yeah. They, I, I won't disagree with you with that. We've had our, we've had our discussions regarding yeah. the difference between high school football in Wyoming and other places, obviously. Yes. But yeah. I like discipline is something that you can be taught and it, it be retained on a good level and it can be shown and a bad level. It can be shown. Whereas, yeah. you know, like athletic ability is something you're kind of just born with. Yeah. And, and it could be harnessed a little bit better in some other places. Right. Um, I was comparing where I'm from in Sacramento County, California, and some of those high school teams, they're giant. They're huge, right? right? Athletic, um, run like crazy. And I think Sheridan could handle playing against those teams because of their insane discipline. Mm-hmm. Now, they have offensive linemen that are continuing their blocks in the fourth quarter when they're up 50 points, pushing them all the way down the field. They, don't, they do not stop. It's right. like they'd get in trouble if they, they right. went to 99%. They probably would. <laughs> Knowing Coach Mowry. Beautiful podcast listeners, James here. It is time to hear from another one of our sponsors, Alpine Climate Control. If you're a listener of mine, you know that Alpine Climate Control has been supporting the stuff that I do for a very long time, years now, and they are now officially sponsoring the Weekend Sports Wrap podcast as well. If you're looking for somebody to set up air conditioning systems, air conditioners, that sort of thing, Alpine Climate Control is the people to see. They also have air conditioning tune-ups. A good idea if your AC is not working properly, if it's not functioning properly, if you're standing in front of it, you're like, this should be a lot colder. And it's not, probably needs a tune-up. So check them out for all your air conditioning needs and AC tune-ups. They also have furnace systems and fireplace inserts. We are slowly approaching the fall months, and it is a good idea to get those things figured out and worked on now than as you enter the fall months. But they're creme de la 
creme, the cream of their crop, their specialty is their outdoor living spaces. They've got seating, fire pits, lighting, barbecue grills. If you're somebody that like, likes a little backyard barbecue, then they are the people to see to set you up. That's Alpine Climate Control. Stop by their showroom. They're on Coffee Avenue just before Sheridan College and a little bit after Starbucks or go online to alpineclimatecontrol.com and you can see all of their offerings there as well. That's alpineclimatecontrol.com. And again, big thank you to Alpine Climate Control for sponsoring the program. Okay. Really quickly, we're going to start closing out the show here. We're at 47 minutes on the recording. It's kind of blown by, I'll be honest with you. This makes it, just so you know, Grant, this has taken a lot off of my back because doing this solo, I don't really talk about this a lot, but it's it's hard to do this solo. I bet. Because I'm like just sitting here and you're you're talking to yourself for an hour. I think you do a really good job, though. You're back for next week. I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right. Really quickly, before we start wrapping things up, we were talking about the preseason top 25. The rankings are all out there. We would go through the rankings, but that's kind of, you know, monotonous. And to be honest, we don't know enough about all 25 teams to really make a comment about anything. Um, I think the top four are totally reasonable. Those have been your probably best teams in the last three years. I think I could close my eyes every year and just and well, not watch yeah. a game for five years and be like, oh, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama. And I think that's totally fair. I think that you would be making the right decision. Yeah. Um, after that, it gets a little, you know, Penn State is number seven. They always feel like, I mean, they, they ended the season last year pretty well, but it feels like they always kind of not, not disappoint, win. but yeah, the, yeah, but they, they stumble in areas where they shouldn't stumble sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then the Pac-12 teams like Washington. Right. Utah, USC, they they seem to just not have the undefeated record. That I mean, if time. you're out of the Pac-12, Be, you because have if to. you were um, undefeated, you'd be going there. Just like the teams that had, the Pac-12 teams that have gone to the playoffs since the playoffs right. existed, they were all undefeated. Washington went there. Well, and that was the other thing is Washington went. I think it was like the first year of the inception, 2015. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was a really good Washington team as well, but. Yeah, it was. I think they got shut out by Alabama. And that's the other thing is they're also making those playoff teams or making those playoff um, lineups or whatever team lineups for a good show, in my opinion. And when you see Washington or Cincinnati more recently go into the playoff as kind of the Cinderella story as well, but then they just get blown out. That's not very good for ratings, you know? No. But then again, you have Georgia, TCU going to the national championship. TCU just proved themselves against Michigan in that semifinal. They, they deserve to be here, and then they lose by about 55 yeah. to Georgia. And it's like, okay, well, it just Georgia's a powerhouse. Well, like, what are you going to do? You know, in, in fighting, styles makes fights. Mm. Styles make fights, I right. guess. Um, it, that's the same way in football, especially college football, because the styles are right. a lot they're, different they're, from each other. Yeah, different drastically, depending on who you're looking at. Like, one of my favorite things— yeah, one of my favorite things is I was about to say that one of my favorite things is the the uh, the fact that the military schools are basically keeping the triple option alive <laughs> because it's the easiest thing to teach and they can't go out and recruit for football teams. They're recruiting for military service. Yeah, so they're not necessarily recruiting the best football players. Or recruiting so, athletes. Yeah, but they're just giving the like, like they're giving the. It's not necessarily the easiest, but it's the easiest to learn in terms of offense. But it's also incredibly difficult to defend against because nobody else sees it. Do you think triple option is easy to learn? I think it's easier to learn than like having to teach a freshman the spread vertical offense that, you know, Alabama runs or that uh, LSU would run when they had. Joe I would Burrow. say I would say triple option is, is really hard to block for. Right. Consistently. Maybe not. OK, my phrasing might be not easy to learn. Yeah. But easy for 
the people that they get to do. Yes, it's kind of like a, a staple. We're like, if you right. come to Air Force, you know we're running the triple option. Right. Don't be a wide receiver and come to Air Force. <laughs> or, <laughs> or learn how to be can, a running back. Just, you know, be a good runner as a wide receiver. Yeah. And a blocker. Yeah. A great blocker. The, but that's the thing is that's the unique stuff you get in college football. Yes. You don't get that in the NFL really ever oh, anymore at, plus, at all. One of the underrated things about college football, the hash marks are wider. So there's really? always I didn't know that. Yeah. A lot wider. So there's a wider side of the field, a way wider side of the field. Wow. I didn't know that. So look at the NFL. The, the hash marks are, re- are really close with the, um, really close to each other. I don't yeah. know the yardage actually. But uh, college football, since they're wider, that's why it was easier to run options and stuff mm. on, in college because you have a whole oh, wide a side of the field wow. to spread it out. I didn't know that. Yeah, you just you just taught me something. Oh, I had really? no idea. I yeah, you would have known that. I did not know that. Um, anyways, we're gonna do dark horse. Quick dark horse. Yeah, dark horse. Um, favorites. We can do. Do you want to do just dark horse in general to win conference? Or dark horse that you'd like to keep an eye on. I, I think general. we should do dark horse to make it into the playoffs. Okay. And um, otherwise, I think there there'd be too many teams. I have right. dark, I have dark horses for every conference almost. Uh, every conference. Yeah, pretty. Much. Oh my god. Okay, you start then. Uh, well, I'm not going to do every conference. Okay. Do uh, a dark, what is your favorite dark horse you want to talk about? Let's okay. Start, let's do that. So. Okay, I want to talk about this dark horse, and I'm going to talk okay. about uh, maybe not regarding the playoffs, but. I think Oregon State is a huge dark horse. Wow, okay. For the Pac-12. And even though I don't like this, but I know you probably have to go undefeated to make it to the playoffs, I don't think they are going to go undefeated. But I do think they're going to make it to the Pac-12 championship. They'll be the Pac-12 North champions. They have Oregon's number lately. Right. Uh, They have a lot of returning players. Right. They have a great defense for a Pac-12 team. Pac-12 team. Yeah, I think they have a really great defense I, nationally. I think they are in the top five uh, run defense mm-hmm. and um, in top ten pass defense. I think they're really good on defense, and I just think that they're going to win the Pac-12 championship. They now have, they, I don't know if that means they're going to get into the playoffs. So okay, they brought in DJ Youngle, yeah. who was the five star recruit that went to Clemson. Yeah. That was we'll see if that's a good get. He really did not play very well at Clemson, but I think yeah, he uh, threw, he threw the ball. Uh, he turned the ball over. Too yeah. Much. He was not very good. Um, but I think a place with lesser expectations than Clemson might be good for him. Although I don't think that he's won the starting position though. I think oh, Oregon's really? Oregon's uh, quarterback from last year is, is back. I believe. And I can't think of his name, but Oregon, I'm talking about Oregon state, Oregon state. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Either way, DJ would a young be, delay. He will be a, I mean, an upgrade. You think in terms of he would be an upgrade if he didn't throw if he didn't turn the ball right. over. Turnovers I remember in Clemson last year. Yeah, he turned the ball over a lot. He was not very. And the other thing is that that their offense at Clemson has been pretty. They, they've been carried by the fact that they brought out like a couple really good five-star recruits in a row, Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, and they really made, oh, yeah. kind of did whatever they want, essentially. Yeah. And then when somebody wasn't there that had that sort of talent, at least there, then it kind of showed that they had some some issues at at, uh, at the offensive corner spot. Now they fixed that. Clemson's got a new offensive corner, Lincoln Riley's brother, yeah. Garrett Riley. So that should clear some things up. So is who's your dark horse? My dark horse, I'm going to go with just national title contenders. Yeah. Okay. Um. I, I you can't really call it a dark horse because they are ranked in the top ten preseason poll. 
Let me guess. Okay. USC? No. Until USC figures yeah. out how to play defense, they're not going to win anything. That Trust me, that was a the bane of my existence when Lincoln Riley was the head coach at Oklahoma. They couldn't stop. They couldn't stop your son, Odin, if he yeah. wanted to run the ball <laughs> up the middle. They couldn't stop him. I think I know which one you're going to pick. Well, are you going to guess again? LSU. Nope. Oh, jeez, really? My pick, my dark horse pick to win, not necessarily win, get in at the very least, is Florida State. Oh, I guess that would make they've it a, got, a dark horse. They all, they're ranked eight right. this season. They've here. got the most returning production, according to ESPN, uh, 12th in offensive production at 80% of their offense coming back. Second in defense, 94% of their uh, defense is going to be coming back. They're um, one of the best quarterbacks in the country is coming back in uh, Jordan Travis. He is probably going to be a Heisman hopeful if he continues to play the way he did uh, last year. He finished with a 91.7 grade, uh, according to Pro Football Focus last year as a quarterback. And he let, I think he was second among all Power 5 quarterbacks with that grade. Uh, they brought back a really good edge defender in Jared Verse. Um, and he could have been a top 20 quarterback in 2020 in the NFL draft. Um, and they're loaded on offense in terms of skill players and defense. They're very good as well. Well, who, who are their out of conference teams? Um, in terms of their schedule? Yeah. Let's look. We're going to take a gander here at Florida State's schedule. And the, the other thing, too, about Florida State was and Miami is they're like. The thing I don't love is when teams like the higher ups kind of get in the way of what everything else is going on in athletics. And that's something that's kind of going on at Florida State right now. Florida State wants to get out of the ACC. Ooh, they play LSU. And they play LSU first game. Good test. They that's beat, it. they beat, they bleat, bleat. They beat LSU last year, I think it was, when they were in the, uh, in um, New Orleans. Yeah. They beat LSU in that game. Uh, one of the best games of the season. I um, think uh, Brian Kelly's going to do Brian, well. I, Brian Kelly's a really good coach. I yeah, mean, and it's usually his second year. He right. starts to really good coach, him. good recruiter. No one's Jim Harbaugh. Always one of the, Best, like consistently one of the best recruiting classes. He had the sixth best recruiting class last year at LSU uh, or this upcoming season at LSU. Um, but I think with Jordan Travis behind under center, um, they've got a ton of talent on defense uh, and a lot of weapons in this uh, in at wide receiver as well. I think they're Florida state's good enough to really make a push for um, the so national championship. I'm looking at their schedule here. Um, they have LSU Ooh, boy. Right. versus LSU to start the season. But that's the thing. The start of the season versus a fifth-ranked LSU Tigers, according to preseason uh, polls, that that win can get brushed or that loss if they lose that game can get brushed away, no problem, because it's that, the first game of the year. That's our top ten matchup here. Yeah, for the we week. Just, <laughs> uh, that's coming up next week. Yeah, for week one, that's your top Watch, ten matchup. Uh, Florida State lose seven yeah, games well, in a row. That would that would suck. But then they, but honestly, the rest of their schedule is not terrible. They're versus Southern Miss. It is the ACC, so it's a little. Yeah. It's not the strongest you have conference to, in the world. Do you have to go undefeated in the ACC to get accepted? You have to. I mean, this right, goes. Well, if, if Alabama just loses three times. you Yeah, but Alabama, you don't, they're playing. They, they don't even have to win their conference and they'll get invited. Yeah, because the, the difference. The different, and I agree with you. Once we get to 12, like 12 playoff they games. They can take a week it has break. to be play, It has to be conference winners. As your one, two, three, four, five, six. Yes. And then six at large. At large. That's yeah. how I, that's and my you know dream. What? I would also, I, I would say you got to put in a small team from. Well, I, I think if you're, if you have 12, then you, you will. I, I don't think there's any shot that we go 12. Teams. Are you sure? Oh yeah. There, well, you, there's four teams in the SEC that could potentially win every year. So you don't think they yeah. get the bid? No, I think there's going to be a lot of SC, uh, a lot of uh, SEC schools that make it in. 
That's what I'm saying. They're going to replace. There's probably going to be it's, if we're, we're doing gonna, 12 schools, you could you could have. We're going to get the four, same problem. You could have four SEC schools get in at the end of the year. Doesn't, which is uh, absurd. Doesn't Montana State, uh, not Division Two, but um, FCS, FCS, don't yeah. they have a 24 man playoff? They do. Something like that. They do. I can't remember. And they have a, a buy the for the um, for the the twelve best teams, right? Which is genius. Yeah, but that is a that's a lot of like playoff. That's, awesome. fo- that's a lot of playoff football. You're I, the, my idea would be to have no out of well that that's different now. I would I was going to say no out of conference games, mm-hmm. uh, but the conferences are all getting shackled. So, well, yeah, um, it's, it's all going to look really different in about a year. But let's just say there was the normal conferences and you have only conference champions getting a bid in mm-hmm. and then at larges and um, and no outside conference games and have a 24 man playoff. That's tree. That's absurd. So you, you why is it absurd? You, you, you would just play three more games in normal and you get rid of your three out of conference games. So you want it to only be conference? Yes. Games. Only in conference. What do you yes. do about LSU versus Florida State? So I know. Because those are marquee matchups. Yeah, the and then the USC and Notre Dame and stuff like that. Yeah. I love those, though. Me too. Those are the, the and those are what should be your bowl games. LSU versus yeah, uh, so it doesn't make LSU sense versus Florida now. State for your Sugar Bowl to start the season. And then you get the Sugar Bowl victory to lead you into the rest of the season instead of at the end of the season when the Sugar Bowl doesn't really mean anything. Nothing at all. It means something to the players. I know you don't like you don't it doesn't like mean anything. that. It doesn't but mean it anything. does. It means something to the players who are still there that are coming in next year, sure. But like no, the people means, that are going into the draft, they could not care less. I, I heard this conversation when um FCU or FCU? UCF. 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 Sorry. UCF beat Auburn. Right. Who beat Georgia and Alabama that year? The game where they played against Georgia and Alabama. Yeah. Was bigger than that bowl game that I, they played. I get in. it, but no, it wasn't. Not for the players. It was bigger than that bowl game. No, it wasn't. I'm telling you. Um, not okay. for the players. Looking back at the play, the final playoff rankings for last year, if, yeah. if we were to yeah. put in a 12 team playoff, let's look at it. You'd have, um, oh God, I'm outside of the top four, which were what we got last year at Michigan, Ohio State, TCU, and Georgia. You have Alabama at five, Tennessee at six. So that's three, three SEC, SEC, teams. SEC schools in the top six, Penn State. Washington, Tulane. Yeah, that'd have been awesome. That'd be cool. Uh, Florida State, Utah, which yep. would also be cool. And then the 12th team would be LSU Tigers. Uh, so five. So five. Or, uh, five? Is that four or five? Four or five. Four. Four. Yeah, four. Four teams, four out of the six, or four out of the 12, 12. playoff spots would be L- SEC schools, which that's fair. That sounds about right. Yeah, it, it's it's logical, right? Because right. they probably do have a good chance of winning it all, but especially last year's teams, yeah. but you, you got to win your conference. You got to, no, like, I agree. You got to, you have to win the conference. If it's just, it's just not, it's like you would think that Alabama or another team, let's just say Missouri, Missouri would have been in there. Let's just imagine if they won the conference. No. And if they oh. imagine they were about, they had a chance to win the conference. So like, you know, we can just, relax for two weeks and take two losses and get the 12th bid and then sh- show up to the playoff a little bit more fresh. So then well, you're going to get that. Well, wait a minute. You're making the argument. You're going to gonna get it. week 17 in the NFL where okay. people go, I'm not going to play really play this game, but you're making the argument to keep it a 14 playoff then because then every loss matters. Um, 
Every single week matters. You can't I, take a I week don't off. even know. I think how many how many conferences are there? I think there's well, they're Power Five, which yeah. are ACC, SEC, Pac-12, Big 12, Big 10, and then your group of five, which are don't make me name those because those are. They have difficult. 18 playoff, and you only conference champions go in. Okay. See, I'd like that. I think that's a perfect world. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I, I think you could do. You just can't do it now because the conferences are. Well, no, apart. no, you could do it now, but it would be, I think, a disaster because you could do power five conference champions, group of five conference champions. So you have 10 schools yeah. and then two at large. I don't know. But I, your group of five. What, what the heck be, is a power five anymore? Well, you pa- Pac-12 won't be a power five next year. Well, yeah, that's the thing is it's all going to change. In about like Pac-12 should merge years, with the Mountain West and maybe. Right. But even then, like Oregon is, well, I guess Oregon's still there, but um, I can't remember. I think Stanford is making, it, well, no, Utah's in the, Utah's joining the Big 12. Oh my God. Yeah. It's all changing. Um, But the teams that are still in the Pac-12, I think there's three teams in there right now because they're still negotiating way out. Um, Stanford, I think is one of the teams. They're be- they're better than a Mountain West school. Like they would go in. Not lately. They, but in terms of. What they're able they're about to as good as Boise State lately. Well, that's I think weird. I remember. I think Boise State beat him a couple years ago. I, you're probably uh, not wrong about that, but I just think that like in terms of what they bring in, they would probably see the Mountain West and be like, we're better than this. Like we don't need to we don't need to be a Mountain West school. No offense to the Mountain West, but no, I, you look at the grand want, scheme of things. I want all the conferences to, you know, boost their schedule up because I want to see. I want to see Appalachian State win a, a national title. That's what I want to see. And but it, they're not the best team in the I country. I get it. I get it. But but you want randomness. No, I'm you not. You want the college basketball way of doing things. You, you know what? Kind of. Why wouldn't you? And it, it always plays. It out always in the works end. its way out. Yeah. No, I agree. But you get. Great but it's a different. You're, you're talking about a different sport, though. I know. It's completely it's different. Completely different. And but I would. Um, I don't know. I was. I was gonna. I want. Teams like Appalachian State, I don't think they could win now, but right. I want them to eventually win it. And they're okay. not you're gonna be winning it eventually if you play tougher teams and mm-hmm. more people see you play these tougher teams and tougher conferences, you get better recruiting and right. stuff like that. I think we're closer to that than I'm tired you of, realize though. I, I know. I, I think this is a good thing, but I'm tired of seeing Michigan, Ohio yeah. State, Alabama, but again, USC. But again, it's your preseason. Texas. Who cares? Texas is number eleven, right. everybody. Te- okay, here's the thing. Texas coming <laughs> off a pretty good year. Granted, the They had five they, losses last year. I'm gonna double check you on that because I don't I don't know if that's hundred percent. I think I'm pretty positive. Oh, he's double checking everybody. Uh, um, they were not a good team last year. Um, they have potential. They're always somewhere in the middle of the top 25 because everybody wants them to be good. They were 8-5. and five. Wow. They had five they losses five. last year. Yeah. And they're number 11, everybody. Not because of their play on the field last year. It's because they're from Texas. It's yeah. Texas. It's the University of Texas. It's a huge market. Right. But I said this before. They played Alabama probably as good as anybody else outside of Georgia last Was year. Was Alabama great last year? Yeah, they were great. Alabama sure? was always great. It's That's really hard to tell. Well, yeah, it's all <laughs> it's all semantics and politics, you know. Um, what was I going to say though? I, I was going to say we're closer to getting the the your dream desire. Yeah. I think because yeah. we just had TCU make it to a national championship game. Yes, it's like can you imagine if we well, were sitting here right now and we're talking about TCU, Texas Christian University are the defending national champ? Who's the best player to ever come into, out of TCU? Are you kidding me? I'm asking to see if you know. I think I everybody know. knows. What's his name? I forgot his name. Ladanian Tomlinson. Ladanian, there you but go. But other than that, it's a pretty steep drop-off. Andy Dalton, maybe. I'll give you that. But other than that, it's a pretty steep drop-off. T- 
TCU back when TCU had like some of the best defense in the country right. was probably eight years ago. It's when Gary Patterson, yes, was Gary Patterson. when he was the head coach. Yeah. yeah. They, they were, were in the great. mountain West. Which is they were weird to think about now. And, uh, they were awesome. And I remember, I remember all these teams from the mountain West and the other team, other conferences, AAC, uh, like, uh, all American athletic East, conference, big East would well, not be East, big East. But, yeah, yeah. Big East. And they'd be like, oh, these teams aren't going to hold a candle to these other Power Five teams. And then look at, and Utah was one of them. And I remember Utah when they came to the Pac 12, mm-hmm. when before, they came after they were where, called where the Pac 10. Where were they originally? Mountain West, I think. Maybe. I don't remember. Like I don't Utah, remember Utah. East, but Utah State, Boise. Oh, that's, that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Utah is was immediately top yeah, they were four but, in the Pac 12. Well, okay. But the other thing is they also had. Wow, bringing this full circle. They had Urban Meyer as their head coach. Yeah. And he was one of the great upcoming head coaches at the time. Ooh, that can happen anywhere. Yeah. That's my point. But then they're then they're scooped up and taken away to other big schools. And so I think and that school is not left in the dirt. Obviously, TCU wasn't left in the dirt. Utah no, wasn't left no, in the dirt. No, you're right. They, they made a great hire at TCU. Also, uh, prepare yourself for them to be a flash in the pan. I think they're probably going to lose about six games this year. But TCU? Yeah. I think because they lost a lot of a lot of players um, to the draft, especially offensively to the draft, graduation, that sort of stuff. I bet they rank higher than Texas this year. At the end of the year, yeah, no shot. I'm you, so, I think, you really and I think? can't believe I'm saying this. Okay, Texas is as close to being back as they ever. Oh ever my been, god, I've never as heard they've that. Ever been? I've never heard that. That's fair. I ever totally. I only hear it this every is a totally, year. This is a totally fair argument since but, Vince Young, right? But. Here's the thing. Good team. They oh, got a God. good squad. Steve Sarkeesian looks like he's going to be end up being a pretty decent head coach, even though he's had some mental health struggles in the past when he was coaching USC, and that made him step away from the game. I don't know how that works for him. If that rears its ugly head again, then the, we can have a huge Wyoming difficult. this year, right? Yeah. Wyoming beats Texas, game? everybody. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Wyoming is going to beat Texas this year. But, but Texas might not even be ranked by the time they play. You're crazy. I am not crazy. I think I am statistically accurate with my assumption here because Texas is always out of the top 25. You know, you're statistically playing safe. Yes. Not accurate. Safe. Yeah. Which is that's fair. This whole thing is playing safe. But you just said Wyoming is going to beat Texas. Yeah, I think they're going to beat Texas this year. I think Texas is a terrible team. And I this this is offensive. On that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to wrap up the show. Grant (laughs) has actually... He's actually on Boss something. <laughs> no, he's actually okay. on something right now. That's crazy. Uh, no, uh, he's just, he's a hot take machine. Uh, but that's where we're going to end the show. I, Grant, thanks for coming in. I love talking college football with you. Thank you, man. Uh, Me too. We'll, we'll see you in two weeks when Texas beats Wyoming by 35 points. Is that really in a couple brother, weeks? Yeah, it's in, I think it's week two. Oh, they boy. play week two. It's either week two or week three. One of the two. I don't know why they play. Texas is going to lose so Wyoming, bad. They're going to drop out of two, the top 25. Wyoming plays two big 12 teams this year, which is odd. Um, well, good for Wyoming. Yeah, they don't, but that's the thing is they're always like, they're getting paid to go play these teams. They play Wyoming plays Texas the third week of the season. Look at September Texas. 15th. Just click 16th. on Texas. I want to see their schedule in the beginning. They got a good schedule. No, I don't know about that. Uh, they might have a big game at the beginning of the year. Yeah. They play Alabama again. Yeah. So that's a that's loss. Big game. That's a loss. They play rice. That's an easy win. Wyoming. That's a win. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Texas, uh, theoretically, and I'm not, I'm not being crazy about this. I might sound crazy, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be crazier. 
they could finish the season 10 and two. And oh I wouldn't be surprised. Gosh. I would not I'll be, be surprised if they have more than um, they have less than four losses. Man, this is the, we made a bet in the other room that I yeah. will not disclose over this right now nope. because I'm supposed to be on the side of the team that I was referring to. And I am, but I sh- that's, this is the bet I should have made that Takes over under what is, I want to see what their over under win loss is for this upcoming season. You're talking about Wyoming or oh, no, Texas. No, Texas. Uh, Texas is minus 140 to win over nine and a half games this year. According to great. a couple of sports books. That's not That's great. 10 and two. Nine and three, essentially, would be you making but money if you bet the under. negative 145 to win nine games. Yeah, minus 140 to win over, over nine and a half games. So 10 games. It's not that great. That's, that's, that's heavy. That's like heavy leaning towards 10. That's not heavy leading, leaning. Yeah, minus 140. That's, that's a, a lot bet. for an over under bet. That's, that's leaning towards over, over nine and a half. Well, it's, they're all or skewed leaning by these 10. preseason rankings who all, well, every true. year think Texas is going to be the next great right. thing. They also have Liberty at nine and a half, which Liberty, Liberty, Bibbery I'm so is tired. what I say. I'm so tired of these teams having the um, end of the season cupcake schedules. Right before a rivalry game. You're just yelling. You're yelling. Old man yells a cloud. <laughs> yeah. It's a tune-up game. They have tune-up fights in boxing. Yeah, but not not when you're ranked two. You don't. Yeah, Mike Tyson lost one of those fights, and it was one of the biggest upsets of all time against uh, Blank Douglas. I can't Buster remember his name. Douglas? Buster Douglas. What are you talking about? That was a tune-up fight, and he got no. dropped. It was a championship fight. Yeah, but that's because he had the belt. So yes. every fight he fights in is a championship oh, fight. Oh, come on. All right, we're done. Okay. We're done. We're done talking about it. I want to thank thank you, Grant, very much for coming in. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, thank you to Alpine Climate Control. Thank you very much to Jack and Kathleen Wood for sponsoring the program. Big thanks to them as always. Uh, wouldn't be able to do it without them. And thanks to the listeners as well. Remember to please leave a rating on any of the podcast platforms that you're listening to this at. And uh, remember, me and Grant also have another podcast that you can go listen to. Active Reload. It's a video game podcast that Grant and I host together we have episodes come out every wednesday or every thursday we record every wednesday come out every thursday uh so make sure you check that out it's active reload yeah we can make um fun of james for playing madden every year all right we're gonna end on that note thank you guys very <laughs> much for tuning in uh and thank we're you out. very much